Welcome once again to another episode of Demand Gen Radio, the one program that brings you all the latest methods and technologies for driving growth and increasing demand. With the voice of Demand Gen, David Lewis. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of Demand Gen Radio. Today on the program, I've got Daryl Alfonso. And if you don't know Daryl, you'll get to know him in just a minute. But first, how do we get to connect ourselves? Um, you know, it's one of those great LinkedIn stories where I was, uh, I was, I was taking notice of some of the people that were commenting and liking some of the content I put out there. And Daryl was one of those people. And so I reached out seeing that he was at Amazon Web Services and looking into his background. He's uh, in the marketing operations team there. And we just had a short exchange. And I said, hey, I would love it, uh, given what you're doing over there with the team, if you would come on the program and share some of those insights. And here we are today. So, Daryl, welcome to the program. How are you? Good. Thanks. Thanks, Dave. And um, I'm so honored to be part of this podcast. I've I've told you I am a big fan of the podcast, longtime listener, and uh, yeah, fan of your work. So um, thanks so much for having me on. I, you're welcome. I am, I am a huge fan of, of Amazon. Like I'm an Amazon, uh, I don't know, just, just fanboy. Like when I go to Walnut Creek, I live over in the East Bay. I live in, uh, I, my office is in San Ramon. I live in Danville. And up in Walnut Creek, we've got one of the Amazon stores. And it's literally across the street from a Lululemon and a bunch of other clothing stores that my wife and daughters love to frequent. So it is just a wonderful like location. So whenever they want to go like, hey, we're going to go in here. I'm like, sure, I'll go across the street in the Amazon store. And I just love to check out not only books, but um, all the great gadgets that you guys have in our, our home and, and my office is, is loaded with gadgets. In fact, is she over there, Alexa? Yeah, she just lit up, and I'm not going to say anything <laughs> to her. But uh, yeah, Alexa in my office not only provides me all kinds of fun access to, to content like this podcast, but um, I have a lot of office automation, lighting, and stuff like that, and she's all tied into that. Very cool. But not just in the consumer and the website. We are an Amazon Web Services customer, I think I mentioned to you. So like all the software tools that we develop and all of our data services are powered and built on uh, on your cloud services. And so big fan of your company. And it's been great getting to know you a little bit leading up to the the podcast. Let's let's talk about your background. You, you and I both grew up in Southern California. You were out in the Inland Empire. How the hell did you get into uh, marketing and uh, and and start into uh, into tech companies uh, and other companies that you have um, growing up in, in SoCal? Because there there ain't as much as you know down there. But you found some. Yeah, yeah. I think I was fortunate to stumble upon Martech and marketing B two B marketing early, and have been doing it for over ten years. My early roots were in, you know, startup companies where, you know, 50 employees and under and really managing sales and marketing. And if anyone, you know, at the beginning of their career, especially can either do sales or work for a startup, it's such a great boot camp to teach you some of the fundamentals of business and how to achieve goals and how to be scrappy. And um, I, you know, fell in love with both sales and marketing. Soon after that, I moved to Los Angeles to um, do sales and marketing for a company called Demand Media, which yeah. is called, which is Leaf Group uh, now. And they manage some huge properties like ehow.com. You might have heard of that yeah, one. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah. And they, they started a new division and I both managed a team of SDRs as well as managed demand generation, which was 
really exciting, yeah. really busy. Um, and, and from there, uh, it was my first exposure into Marketo. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we were just launching it and, you know, building programs. And I just thought, you know, what if I could do this for full time? You know, what if I could learn everything there is to know about Marketo and demand generation and, and really drive results? And there quickly came, became an opportunity um, at uh, Hitwise, uh, owned by Connexity at the time. And um, I became their their Marketo admin and um, just kind of fell in love with it from there. Yeah, that's where I think, just, just to uh, dive in, you know, I, I want to take you back to that time because when you talk about it, Daryl, and by the way, for everybody listening in, you're going to learn pretty quickly just how much Daryl has immersed himself in not only tools like Marketo, but just in the community and the digital marketing community. And so uh, I'm, I'm very excited to talk about that because we share a lot of parallels. And and when I brought in marketing automation for the first time at Ellie May, I had that same kind of experience, Daryl, where I was like, these tools are incredible. Like I would go home, literally lay in bed. I don't know if this is too geeky, but like think about program flows that I could build and anything from data washing machines to nurtures and of course scoring and, and just love building on that. So like when you go back to that time at, at Leaf Group and you got exposed to Marketo and Salesforce and you know you said you had this passion for sales and marketing, now you've got these tools to engage at scale. What, if you remember like back, like how did you feel about it? And like, why do you think you were getting like so into it? I think uh, it's kind of like just kind of seeing a new world for the first time. Um, just the the depth and the breadth of, of content and the community. And then you also get this feeling, you know, I'm sure you felt this way before when you when when you first see what marketo can do or or you know a lot of these really powerful marketing automation platforms is that you can you know the sky's the limit in terms of what you can build and what you can improve and i think for a lot of marketing operations people that's the thing we really get addicted to yeah of seeing a problem and saying I can build something to, to fix that yeah. or I can build something to make that better. And then, and that was the, the thing. Oh, and of course I have to, I have to mention Dave before I get too far and forget about it, that, uh, I actually picked up a copy back then of your book, uh, manufacturing demand. That's and awesome. it was my, one of my field guides to, you know, during my learning process. So I, thank I, you for writing that. You you are welcome. <laughs> and I, I want to thank you for, for remembering and mentioning it because it was definitely one of those projects. Like I'm a verbal communicator, Daryl. Like I, you know, I've, I've got the podcast and I have announced that we're launching to Banjan TV, which is something that I would love to do with you as a follow on to this. We can talk about that because I love teaching and training and I, I really love the podcast. I love these intimate conversations and hearing not only your origin story, but you know where we're going to go and talk about what's happening there at Amazon Web Services from a digital marketing perspective. And I, I do. I love tech. I mean, I mentioned having an Alexa here, and I have a 3D printer at home, and I, I make stuff. I print stuff. I paint stuff. I'm into electronics. Like I just love to create. So for me, do I love the art of marketing? I do. I enjoy branding. I enjoy content and, and creative. Uh, but writing that book, like it was a little bit of a labor of love. Like it was a project that I had never uh, undertook 
before. I'd never published a book. I was really obsessing about like at the time that I hit save and send to the publisher, is it going to be outdated? And I'm, I feel like not in any way still to this day, still totally relevant, but it was, it was kind of um, positive and stressful at the same time. And anytime someone like you has mentioned that it's been, in your case, you said feel guy, you know, useful to someone in their career. I, one guy who went, he was getting ready to go on a job interview and he goes, I literally read the book. I sounded so intelligent, so smart. And I got the job and I got to thank you for it. Like it, it makes all that hard work uh, worthwhile. Can I ask like when, it, how did, if you remember, how did you discover the book? And then what was it? Was there a particular content track or areas of the book that, that made it so purposeful and useful to you? Because I've, I've never asked a reader that specific of, of a question. Yeah. Um, I actually don't remember how I picked it up. I'm an avid reader, so I, I, I definitely read a lot. And I, I remember I picked it up. I have the hard copy. It's still on my bookshelf. And it was just a great framework for almost everything that you needed to do when you were getting started. You know, and I found it to be impartial, and and it's it's tough these days to grab a piece of content or a guide that you know doesn't have some sort of you know ulterior motive, right? Yeah. So so this one I found was was just a straightforward, you know, break it down into simple terms guide of how do you get from zero to sixty with with marketing automation and lead management. Nice, and that's you know as I as I would build things, I would say, okay, what's next? You know, and then, and then go back to the, <laughs> go back to your book. So yeah, thanks cool. again for well, making let, that. Let's continue on with this story before we do a couple, couple little factoids that some people don't know. Um, one is manufacturing demands in its second edition. I don't know if you have the white cover or the blue cover. If you don't have the blue one, I'll send it to you, Daryl, and I'll sign this one. I don't, do you have white or blue? It's blue. Okay. So you do have the second edition. Well, uh, the book is is free. I mean, yes, it's on Amazon if you want to buy the hard copy, um, but the book, you can download a soft version of the book on our website. If you go to demandgen.com and go in the resources area, you can actually get it. And what I would suggest that everybody does, like if you haven't read the book and you're into or need to be more knowledgeable in, in lead management and lead scoring and lead nurturing and persona development, analytics, reporting, all that, grab a copy of it. And if you want, as part of the Demand Gen community, if you want a hard copy... I literally have probably 500 copies in our storage uh, closet down the hallway in our office, and I would be more than happy to send a hard copy to any of you that prefer that style of reading, and I know a lot of you do. So check it out on the website. If you're into it and you want a copy, just drop me a, a message on LinkedIn, and we'll get you a copy. Um, but back to our, our conversation. Just want to make sure, if it, hey, if it worked for you, I hope it can help and inspire some other people. It's definitely definitely intended to be a field guide. Like it's not marketing automation for dummies. It's, it's definitely all the lead management principles. Um, but I wrote it in a way where like you could take that book and, and implement some of the methodologies uh, by reading it, but you, you got to be like you, a passionate uh, marketing technologist. One other piece of small trivia, you know, I got started with Eloqua and you got started with Marketo and mm -hmm. uh, we announced on a program recently with Sabrina that we've migrated to Marketo, and I encourage people uh, who haven't listened to that episode with Sabrina and I go back and listen to it. It's, of course, the right tools for the right company, but the methodologies that I cover in the book, as you found, like you probably didn't know that, like 
I spent a good portion of my career deep diving in, in Eloqua, but I, I'm certainly a ninja when it comes to Marketo and either other tools as well. So I intentionally wrote the book to be like agnostic of marketing automation system. And as you found out, it, it doesn't matter what system you have if you apply the, apply the principles. So the other thing that we have in common, which I want to hear how that got started, is, is you became really involved in um, community building and, and building user groups and that type of stuff. And that was really the launch of my career at Microsoft. I started a Macintosh user group and got picked up by Microsoft when they wanted to launch Windows. Why did you get involved in, in user groups yourself and the AMA and um, th- those, those communities? Yeah, so the brief story is that the community, um, the, especially the Marketo community online, was just an invaluable resource during some of the toughest projects early on in my career, which you know included things like a migration and instance cleanup and everything like that 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 you know a new Marketo admin is really intimidated by. And after a certain amount of time, and after I became confident and had done these really seemingly gargantuan things, Afterward, I really felt like I wanted to give back, you know, because a lot of that stuff was a lot of that information was was free, and yeah. I mean, you have to be careful with that too. But um, that's how I started. I started slowly answering questions on online, uh, became a top contributor, uh, started to run the Los Angeles user group um, there at the time, and then eventually became um, Marketo champion, which is which is one of the the great greatest experiences I think of my career. And and I, I will say I, I do want to point out that there is a little bit of a misconception around the Marketo champion program. It isn't necessarily the people that know the most or have driven the most results, even though a, a lot of times that's true. Mm-hmm. But it's really the people that give back the most in my opinion. And it's the people that help other users and try to forward the industry as a whole. And I, I really believe that. And you you guys have something like a dozen Marketo champions at Amazon Web Services, if I, if I remember correctly, right? I mean, it's not just you, although you are definitely one of the the leaders and champions that are out there and have been building community, which is, it's, it's great to see. I, I hope that some of the things that, that people take away from this podcast, like I really try to paint your persona because I love hiring people like you at DemandGen. I mean, that, when we find folks like you out there that have kind of the passion for community and educating and training and the tool sets, you know, they come onto our team. We have a great, great team. And even though you and I have not worked together, um, I just could tell immediately when we started engaging, like, you know, I, I like this guy. Like, this guy and I share a lot of similar passions about helping inspire and, and educate um, folks. And, and I think it's been great to watch you in your career you know, get inbound certified and Marketo certified and Salesforce uh, certified. Like you're, you're, you're putting the effort in to get these badges of honor and learn the content and curriculum. But um, I mean, I love it in a few minutes when we can share like what you guys are doing there at Amazon to train a, a actual little army of Marketo people. It's, it's, it's impressive. Um, tell me a little bit about Hitwise and, and what, what happened for you there, the work that you did there. You were there almost about three years as, as senior manager in global marketing and, and how you landed at, uh, at Amazon. Yeah, so good question. So Hitwise, I started as the Marketo admin. And you know, I, I think it just also goes to show the, the, the power of, the, of that sort of 
department or discipline, if you will, and how closely you can tie yourself to revenue and make an impact on the business and touch all different parts of the business. Um, because, you know, after my first uh, after a few of my first projects, which included a migration, the next one was um, marketing attribution. And being able to build that in Marketo and Salesforce and show that to executives and, and be part of that um, decision-making process, I think really sort of catapulted my career there. I ended up being, and, and I think we're, we'll talk a little bit more about this because it's a topic that's near and dear to my heart, which is you know, how to achieve results really quickly. Yeah. I would, I would love to make that the focus of our, of our podcast, but I, I want to, let's do that. I want to underscore what you just said. So people really heard that you focused on two systems to show attribution and show that to executives. And that helped you catapult your career. And I think that is so important to let everybody hear that and sink in because yes, you rose the ranks and got opportunities because of your chops with digital marketing systems. And in, and in an era where all companies have been learning how to go digital, they need to hire people like you who understand the tools. But then you made the leap you know, up the organization in terms of you're not just a tools expert. You're like, I can show marketing's ROI and impact on the business. And I know how to do that within systems and measure key business metrics and measure campaign results and drive optimization from that. And, and as you said, like that, that's what helped you get to the next level, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And there's, there's so much that you can do with a marketing automation platform and a CRM in the right hands, you know, and I, I love MarTech and I love the, all of the different things that, that, that are available. But, you know, I think that that's something that people forget is that with, you know, in the in the right hands and with the right expertise and and you know good hard work, you can get so much out of just those two systems alone. So yeah, so um, I ended up it, fast forward to the end. I ended up uh, leading U.S. marketing for um, for Hitwise and and had built a team underneath me to do a lot of the um, campaign building and um, a lot of the manual processes. So um, my my role ended becoming more strategy and, and budgeting and, and figuring out some of the, you know, big problems, big picture problems. Um, but, but yeah, it, that was definitely, def, that was definitely the start. And it's, it's a, it's a, a wonderful process to go through, you know, going from, going from ramping up a demand generation system, um, all the way to, you know, seeing the impact that it makes and then working with, leadership working with finance to decide okay with with our resources what are we going to do for the year and what do we expect to get back in return and that's um yeah that's uh, that was a great time there yeah it's great great skills that you've learned uh in your career journey i love i love hearing it how'd you uh how'd you land at amazon web services how'd you um how they find you or you find them so this one is i think just speaks to the value of your network. And, um, you know, when I became a Marketo champion and even before I started to really connect with other power users out there and people that were also passionate about, um, the industry and community and helping each other. And, um, you know, through the champion program, I met, uh, Joe Wrights, who became a good friend and he, 
um, let me know that uh, on the core marketing operations team for Amazon Web Services, um, you know, they needed an, another person to fill a key role. And uh, yeah, I moved up to to Seattle and uh, and and you know, I would say, gosh, this is you know, for for a marketing ops person, this is this is like the dream job for me. And I can give you a little bit of um, an idea of 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 what what we do here. Yeah, that'd be great. And and anything you can share in terms of like the around the the scale of the team there, I think it would. You know, I'm, I, for everybody listening, maybe you're out for a run right now, or you're you're on a bike, or you're at the gym, or you're driving in your car. Bra- brace for impact. You're going to be surprised by the size. I mean, Amazon's a big company, but I've uh, I think in 13 years we've probably worked with 500 different companies out there around digital transformation such and when i talked to daryl and he shared with me the scale of the team i was like that's a first so yeah tell me tell me about life at uh as your global marketing operations manager at amazon and and what's it like what's what's a, a week or a day in the life and then yeah i want to hear because you you've had these great successes when you get on board the company and i think you've developed a secret recipe or maybe it's not so secret but it's daryl's recipe for how to how to make an impact. So I want, I want you to share that, but what's, what's life like working on the team there and, and say hi to Joe, by the way. Yeah, yeah, I will. So just to give you an idea of the scale, there's over 1500 users of Marketo and about maybe a thousand of them are active users. So they're logging in. So we have, you know, over a thousand people around the world logging into the same uh, Marketo instance and 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 building and deploying their campaigns, um, and then the the AWS itself has multiple Marketo instances, and of those instances, there are dozens of different workspaces and partitions, which kind of divide up the instances. So I'm I can say with pretty good degree of confidence that this is probably one of the most complex slash sophisticated marketing automation deployments in the world. No, for sure. So it's, it's, yeah. Without yeah. question. Yeah. It's, um, and, 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 it, and it's awesome. So, so, um, I'm fortunate to work with incredibly smart and talented people, um, that, uh, are part of this marketing operations team. And there's a, a, about 10 of us that have different roles that that administrator does. So, um, so for example, you have the the typical administrative roles like user management and system optimization and system performance. But we also break it out into different functional areas like training, for example. So we have three people dedicated solely to the training of all of our global users. So they're traveling around. Um, giving presentations and training and also taking people through an internal certification system that we have. So it's different than Marketo's own certification, like certified expert. We have our own internal process and levels of, of certification. And it's material, right? I mean, you guys have connected the learning path to the system access path, right? You you allow people to kind of like get on board and, and start learning and they have access to certain parts of the application. And then as they grow their expertise, you you unveil and allow them more, which I thought was was really cool. And it's it, a real testament to your 
commitment, everything you share with me, just just the learning and education program that you guys have put in place. I mean, it rivals any software training that that I've heard about. And it's a, you know, I don't know if it's the culture there at Amazon or if it was a great leader there that that came up with the idea, uh, whatever you can share. Like, it's really impressive just the size and scale of the team and the commitment to to learning and training there. Because you could send them out to, hey, go go learn, here's some videos online and, and do that stuff. But you guys are, you know, creating your own curriculum and content. It's great. Yeah, I think so. And I, I think I would I would say that it's either it definitely rivals or is um, I think effort wise, it's actually more difficult to get the highest level of certification within AWS, which is what we call email bar raiser. Um, and it requires, you know, just to give you an idea, you know, two months of shadowing um, pre campaign building as well as a, a final practical exam where someone's literally evaluating you over your shoulder. So, um, you know, I personally felt very accomplished when I had, had finished that certification. Yeah, that's awesome. That's, that's great. Great, great te- testament, like I said, to the training and development. Uh, in about an hour and 15 minutes today, uh, we are unveiling to our team, our own employees, our... Uh, training program for 2020 and our HR team and, and a bunch of folks involved have put tremendous thought into this development program. I'm super, super excited to unveil it at lunch today during our, our all hands meeting. And I, I, you know, I look at my daughters who are, you know, been entering the workforce and, and the companies that they go to and the ones that just care so much about skills development, people development, uh, you know, it's, it's great. I mean, it's what we as employees want. We want to grow and we want to learn. Let's talk about this recipe. Let's talk about the the Daryl's approach to um, creating his personal brand and impact in, in a company. What what inspired you to? I, I don't know if we want to call it you know Daryl's ninety day recipe, but like what inspired you to say there's a time frame that I need to show impact when I join a new organization? And you've you've joined you know several four or five in your in your career journey. Um, and each one a real big step up in your role. So you're moving into new roles that you not, haven't necessarily done before, taking some of the skills and expertise and applying to that. So um, how did you come up with your formula? And please, please unveil it. Yeah, absolutely. So I felt like there was something that was, I think, unique when you first, or, or a unique feeling when you first join a company, mm-hmm. um, and it's it, it could be a little scary, and there's a lot of things, a lot of changes going on. So everyone, I think, keenly remembers that time when they leave an organization and then they join a new one for the first time. All of their, you know, friends or colleagues that they work with is gone. All of their institutional knowledge is gone, and you're you're starting fresh. And I I, I think that that is such a like being the new kid in school. It, it's such a uh, I think wh- whether you're accustomed to it or not, it, it's it's a time of big change. And, you know, one of the things that I've noticed from other colleagues and noticed the times that I've done it wrong and the times I've done it right is that your your first 90 days are so critical to building the foundation of what you're going to do for that organization and also you know, determining, setting like what the velocity of when you're going to do it is. And I think there's a couple of reasons for that, um, which, uh, yeah, which I'll, which I'll get into. But, um, I, I think that if you can nail 
three different categories of things, and I've thought about this a lot. That's why I, <laughs> that's why I kind of have have listed this out, and I've I've actually had it on my list to do a blog post, but I haven't had a time to get around it. But um, if you can, if you can nail these three things down, which is accelerating your learning and development, um, building the right alliances and partnerships, and securing early wins. I think if you can nail those three things down, you've set the stage for a you know spectacular time uh, or, or, or spe- spectacular time of, that you're you're going to be in that role there. You bring up an important point, Daryl, and and that's that newness and freshness. And I want I want everybody listening to think about where you are. So let's say, like I mentioned, our all hands meeting today, there is someone we're recognizing who has a 12-year anniversary with the company. Uh, we have someone who has a 10-year anniversary with the company, and a lot of people six and four. So we, we do anniversaries at every all hands and recognize those, those folks. Um, one of the things that I always try to inspire on people that have been with the company a long time, so I'm, I'm asking you to like all of you think in is, do you bring that freshness that Daryl is talking about? Because if not, you should. Don't get comfortable in your own skin. Don't get comfortable with the knowledge that you have. Don't don't assume that the role and responsibilities that you have should just be those role and responsibilities. Picture, you know, if it's the weekend for you or whenever you're listening to this, picture going in next week and treating your role and job like it's day one, like Daryl is talking about, because it will change your perspective on what you can do and and continue, you know, Daryl, you said accelerate your learning and build alliances, love that, and secure early wins. So in in terms of learning, what do you mean in that area? Like you're at a new company, where were some of the focal points for you or what advice do you have on areas to go learn about? Yep. Yep. And um yeah, and then and then feel free, Dave, to 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 chime in with your learnings as well. Because I feel like this is this also has a lot of you know, can translate over to, you know, work that you do with your clients, like a first time client, probably. Um, I I think there's, there's a lot of parallels. Well said for sure. Yeah. So that, that's kind of what I've been thinking about too. Um, but anyway, so, so accelerating your learning, you want to get up to speed as, and ramped up as quick as you can, but you also have to be realistic about, and and know that you're not going to be able to learn everything that there is to learn within 90 days or with even the, within the first year. So the the two things that I found help a lot is, you know, one is to see if you can find some sort of structured learning. And and it sounds like you're you're developing something like that at at demand gen. That that's awesome. That's, you know, um but but not every company, not every company has that um where they have this, you know, back in the day, you know, for for Xerox for example, they have this full week or two week training where you come back and you're like an expert. So, so you, you search for something like that. And, and an example in my own career is, you know, when I first started at Hitwise, it seemed that Salesforce was going to be one of the key things that it was going to play a big part in the work that I would do. Um, and I was just a, honestly, just a beginner, just someone that had been a user before, but never an admin. So, you know, I paid for a structured learning course nice. to then get certified. And I, you know, fast forward a few months later and all of the business dashboards are built by me in yeah. Salesforce. So, so, so having a structured learning, um, 
approach is is the first one. And then the second one is really to constantly absorb everything that you can about how things work um, from your colleagues, from your leaders, and, and from the people around you. And, and, and a lot of people, so, you know, when you, when you first start, you might have a few different one-on-ones with your team mm-hmm. and with the head of sales. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then it stops there. But, but really, you haven't really learned anything. And, and, and the thing that I always do is I try to continue the cadence of one-on-ones until there's really no more value for, for, for both people. Um, because it's your second meeting, it's your third meeting, it's your fourth meeting. That's when you're really going to start to ask smart questions. You know, your, your first meeting is just going to be, hi, you know, I'm Daryl, I'm from Los Angeles. You know what I mean? There's not really going to be a lot of knowledge transfer because you don't know enough to, to absorb the information the right way. Yeah. Um, so, so being really directed about getting the knowledge that you need to know from these different people is, is another key part of, of that. It's a great point. And, and since you asked me to kind of ping pong, my, my input for salespeople and especially marketing people in new roles is go on a field trip and meet with customers that use your products and services and really understand what they like and value about it. Um, because you and meet with product management internally. So before you start working on like creative and content and campaigns and you're kind of like quote day job and marketing, really understand thy buyer and understand that knowledge. You know, I mentioned earlier why I love Amazon web services, right? You know, we we spend about $1000 a month uh with you guys. And that's like $12,000 mm. a year. I can't believe as a company that we can spend only $12,000 and have the kind of power infrastructure to build full-blown, highly scalable web applications. I mean, you could barely buy a few computers to do that, and yet you guys run all of our infrastructure, right? So whoever's in sales and reaches out to me and, and, and you know, let's say prospects me from Amazon Web Services, if they don't know that they've talked to other people and say, you know, one of the great things about Amazon Web Service, let's say your business just takes off overnight and you need tremendous scale in your applications, no problem. It just does it. just works. Uh, and by the way, we all have all these libraries and tool sets and everything for you so you can build your applications super fast. Oh, you want AI? Yeah, we've got some of that as well and go through those things. So that's my advice in that that accelerating your learning. By the way, when, when I worked for Microsoft headquartered in Seattle uh, up there, uh, all we did for the first three months was go up there for training, time management training. They call it priority skills training and account management training, presentation skills, application training. Every, all it was was training far outside our day-to-day job, uh, and it was awesome. I let you continue. So accelerating your learning. I don't know if you want to dig in more there, but um, definitely want to hit alliances. Yeah, yeah. So the second piece is is building alliances and building the right partnerships. And the time that this needs to be done is before you really get mo- like you really get momentum and before you get into the thick of the projects and the things that you want to do. Um, you know, no one works in a vacuum. You can't, unfortunately, produce great things by yourself. I mean, may- maybe maybe you can maybe you can in other like lines of work, but in mar- marketing operations, you can't. So, um, you know. So, so going, introducing yourself, 
finding what what everyone's goals are and almost even studying the organizational chart to know, you know, what everyone does and what motivates them is going to be key. And, um, you know, I actually have a story of when I did this completely wrong and incorrectly, um, you know, it went and it was the, 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 the first time that I had implemented, uh, marketing attribution. And, um, you know, I thought, I had everything perfect. You know, I had initial campaign source and I had worked with Salesforce admins to stop contacts from being made without being converted to a lead. So I, I thought I had crossed all my T's, dotted all my I's and, 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 and had marketing attribution down. The, the moment I presented it to, so in the meeting that I presented it to our CRO, um, sales was not having it. So, you know, the head of sales pulled out the report and literally crossed out opportunity after opp- opportunity and deal after deal saying, this is not from marketing. This is not from marketing. This one is my friend from college, you know. So it, it, it lost so much credibility. Um, and the, the big mistake that I had that I, that I didn't do was I didn't approach sales like a partner. And, and I didn't let them know what I was doing beforehand. Um, and it, 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 cost, it cost a lot. It cost a lot of time. So I, I think that the right approach, which I eventually did, was to sit down and, and, and work with sales and work with the individual sales reps and say, hey, is, is this something that you can do in your opportunity creation process um, that – you, you feel confident about doing consistently, you know, can you, can you mark which campaign it came from? Um, and then, and then working with sales and, and stuff like, yeah, I think it's great advice, Daryl. I mean, phenomenal advice. Um, you, you know, I had, I share that same passion. I talk about, you know, Denzel Washington's movie, um, training day and, and doing ride alongs with sales. It doesn't end well for them, but I think it's important that I, I can't stress it enough that when you get in their organization, right. You don't know what marketing's brand and reputation is in the company, right? And figuring that out and finding that out is key. And befriending sales and forming alliances with sales leadership and sales team members is going to be essential to your success and your personal brand. Because these two departments have to act as one team, if you go silo yourself and, and hang out at, you know, with the cool kids in marketing uh, and don't, don't get to know the cool kids in sales, shame on you because it's it, building those alliances. And you've done it with the executive team as well, right? Built your personal brand as someone who cares about the impact of, of marketing in the organization. So think about who those alliances are. You know, join a, you know, map out a mind map for yourself of, of who department-wise are essential uh, alliances for you and then specific individuals. And it's, it's, you've talked about earlier the power of your network and the network that you've built. That network also needs to exist within your own company. That's, that's good advice. Let's hit the last one that you share with me uh, and, and the folks was um, about having early wins, which I love that. You're almost saving the best for last. And by the way, you should definitely do a, pot, do, do a blog post and, and maybe talk tracks at conferences on this because I think your, your 90-day recipe for impact and success is, is great. And I'm glad we're, we're hitting it. So um, talk about early wins and maybe some that you've, you've had. And I think some people are afraid uh, – to try to come out of the gate with with impact, and that's 
the wrong way to go for for sure. You want to you want to be getting a quick reputation of of having impact. So tell me tell me about your approach there and getting those early wins. How do you figure out how to approach it and identify what those wins are going to be? Right, right. So so securing early wins is 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 the last one, and it it actually ties a bunch of all of them together. But so securing early wins does a couple of things. It first of all helps build trust with you know the different types of people that you're working with the different teams it could be just your coworker um and it also helps people start to associate you with with success and with winning you know because if you produce a successful project you drive revenue with something or you fix a problem other people within your organization are going to say look you know this guy or gal is doing big things you know he knows what she what he's doing i want to be on the next project that he's going to do so so it's 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 for you but also for that perception that you have within an organization that you have to manage um and what you want to do the way that i like to break it out and you've probably heard about this before dave but it's um it's called a uh, impact effort matrix i I right go for it haven't okay so so it, it's it's really cool, and um, so basically you have a two by two matrix, and um, you are going to try to bucket all of the different priorities that you have. And in one square, you've got high impact, high effort. Okay, so it's it so whatever the prior the the initiative is, it takes a lot of work to do, and but it's going to have high impact. Then you also have low impact, low effort. Another box that's high impact, low effort, and then another one that's high effort, low impact. Mm-hmm. Right. So stay, stay out so of that what, box. Stay out of that box. Exactly. So you're going to cut all of those out. Um, the ones that are high effort, high impact, that could be, for example, you know, rolling out a sales enablement tool to 100 sales reps. Right. Yeah, that's going to have a great impact and can really move the needle, but it's going to take time. That's going to take a lot of work to do the training and, and, and the rollout and, and the integration, et cetera. So that's something for a long term. In your first 90 days, you want to focus on something that's low effort and high impact, yeah. something that's not going to take very long that you can easily know that you can achieve and it's going to be a home run. Um, and that that could be something like, you know, Maybe building a new segmentation in Marketo. You know, it's going to save all of your marketers time. They don't have to build multiple emails, and also the customer experience is better because of, you know, it, the 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 content is more personalized and more relevant, right? So, so that is a, a great way to prioritize what you're going to do. Um, and then, and then of course, stay away from things like low impact and and low effort things yeah. that, you know. You know, doesn't it may not take a lot to do, but but no one's really going to care anyway if you do it. Um, you know, you still have to do things like that, but but it's but you want to secure those early wins uh, to to really kind of propel you um, in that first ninety days that you're working there. I, I love it, and I, I I love that we were able to have you know two two marketing technology 
uh, passionate folks that we're able to talk about a personal recipe for success on the podcast. I, th- I appreciate you sharing it um, with folks. And I do encourage you, as I said, you know, do some content on it. Um, I didn't know the name of the framework, but I've, I've certainly um, used that type of framework for some projects and initiatives here at Demand Gym. When we say, you know, where can we have the biggest impact on the business without like the highest effort and get some traction there? Well, I'm, I'm glad Amazon found you and you found them and you're working with an amazing team of talented uh, folks and you guys are so committed to training. Um, I'd like to continue this, Daryl. As I mentioned, we're doing Demand Gen TV. I'm going to be out at Marketo Summit or the Adobe Summit, as it's now called, and look forward to meeting you face-to-face for the for the first time and continuing the conversation. And I want to thank everybody for joining in. It is, it's the beginning of 2020. I mean, t- listen to what Daryl's sharing. Treat this year for you as a new year, even if you're staying in the same role, and, and level up and take your game to the next level and have a greater impact uh, this year. If you... Um, want to connect with Daryl, uh, easy to find him on LinkedIn. That's how he and I get to know each other and, and found out we had a lot more in common than we that we know. Daryl Alfonso, A-L-F-O-N-S-O at Amazon Web Services. And um, Daryl, thanks again. Great to have you on the program. You've gone from listener to guest, and I, I know that our paths will continue to keep uh, crossing. Yeah, thanks again for having me. And again, thanks for all your, your great work. The content that you put out is phenomenal, so keep it up, Dave. There's a lot of listeners like me that are, you know, looking forward to what, what you've got going on next. Thanks, man. It inspires me. It, it makes it all worthwhile when you find out and you talk to those, those folks out there like yourselves that, it, that it's having an impact. It makes it all worthwhile. I love doing it. And, uh, and thank you, everybody listening in. The podcast continues to just grow and grow and grow. I'm, I, I log into to our platform that gives us all the analytics uh, every couple of weeks. And I'm just so thrilled to see that more and more listeners come on the program. By the way, Daryl, I'll wrap with this. Um, 14% of our listeners are on uh, Apple Watch, which is amazing of, of all the analytics that we can get. And you talk about how you go out and about listen to the podcast. So more and more people are using their Apple Watches these days to uh, listen to podcasts based on, based on our own uh, demographics. Awesome. Awesome. Yep. I love to run and listen. So yeah. I love to do. All right, man. Well, I look forward to you listening to your own episode. I'm, I'm sure you'll, you'll listen back. I'm glad everyone had a chance to hear your recipe and, and uh, ideally some, some connect with you. That's going to do it for this episode. Looking forward to a great year together. We've got an incredible lineup of guests coming on the program like Daryl. So we'll catch you on the next episode. Take care. You've been listening to Demand Gen Radio, bringing you the top industry experts, thought leaders, authors, marketing technology firms, and senior marketing leaders from around the world to teach you the methods and technologies for high-performance marketing. 